Welcome to the official podcast of Cruciform Church. Our vision is to see the streets restored with wisdom, unity, and justice through the proclamation and practice of the kingdom of God. This sermon has been made available to encourage you in your faith, challenge you in areas of unhealth, and convince you more fully of the gospel of Christ. Enjoy. Have you ever been at a ball game thinking, yo, it's too loud in here? Or how about at Disney World thinking there's just too many people out here? Anybody been in that situation? You got a game, everybody's turned up, everybody's real loud, and you're like, yo, like I got a headache right now. There's just too much noise in the building. Or you're at Disney World, and while you're out there at Disney World, you're saying to yourself, like, yo, there's just way too many people out here in this amusement park. Or maybe, maybe, I know we don't do this too much no more, but maybe at some point you went to a library, and as you were sitting at the library, maybe you said, it's too quiet in here. Y'all not with me. No? Yeah. Okay. No, you ain't never been to the library and say, it's too quiet in here? Never been in the game say, it was too loud in here? I'm a library, yeah. No, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Let me ask you a question. For those of you, who are sharp in your minds, you said no. Why not? Why haven't you ever said that in the library, it's too quiet in here? Or the basketball game is too loud out here? Or at Disney World, there's too many people in this place? I, I think I know why. Because you understand or understood the purpose of the event or thing that you were engaging. Follow me. You didn't, I, you didn't say while you was at Disney World, there's just too many people out here. Because you knew where you were going when you went where you were going. The moment that you booked the tickets to Disney World, you already knew you were going to be surrounded by a gang of people. In the same way, when you went to the ball game, you already knew that it was going to be loud in the ball game if it was a good game. Matter of fact, you went over there prepared not just to be in the midst of all type of noise and loudness, but you went over there prepared to be loud. I've ever watched a UFC fight and said, man, this thing is just too violent. Probably not. You probably never paid a bunch of money to watch a UFC fight and then thought to yourself, this is too violent. Here's why. Because you understood what you were getting into before you got into it. You understood the purpose and the nature of the thing you were engaging, so you never asked those kind of questions. If that's true, then I think we need a better understanding of the church. Because the way we talk about sinners in the house of God clearly shows that we don't understand the purpose and nature of God and His church. Y'all not with me. You wouldn't ask when you see a UFC fight, why is this too violent? And when you go to the ball game, you wouldn't say, why is it so loud in here? Because you understand the nature of a ball game. You understand the purpose of Disney World. It's a place to go and, and enjoy yourself with your family amongst a bunch of other people who are enjoying themselves with their family. Right. So you would never ask those kind of questions. So here's my 
different screens that follow me at Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 31. Again, we're in a sermon entitled, We Are the Church, considering what it means to be the church and to be part of the church. Again, we're in Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 31. Hear the word of the Lord. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. Levi, the tax collector. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with him. Now watch this. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Jesus' disciples, that is. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Jesus responded to the Pharisees and scribes that were questioning why his disciples were hanging with the scribe, with the sinners and the tax collectors. Jesus said, well, it's because those who are well, they don't need no doctor. One who needs a doctor is the one who's sick. I want to talk to you just briefly about the truth regarding those set apart by God and his church. This is my first and only point again. I want to talk to you just for a couple of moments about the truth regarding those set apart by God as his church. I want to do that by sharing a little bit of the story of a couple of scriptural characters with you. The first one I want to talk about is Noah. Noah was a man set apart by God. God was getting ready to destroy the earth. And so he looked around to find one that was righteous, who he could redeem and save, so that he could start a, a new human race by, if you would. Yes. God said, I got to destroy the earth and all those that are in it right now because they're just wilding. They're, they're crazy out here. They're doing all type of mess and they're bringing destruction and danger to themselves and everyone else. Therefore, I'm going to take the righteous Noah I'm going I'm to put him in, in the boat, if you would, or the ark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save and redeem him and his family because he's righteous, and then I'm going to destroy everyone else. Noah was set apart by God. And he was what God called one of the most righteous men around at the time. He was set apart and called by God, in fact, to recreate the human population. He was set apart and called by God to recreate the human population by which God would redeem the whole world while he got drunk. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, y'all not with me. That's right. I said, I, I want to talk to you about the truth regarding those set apart by God and his church. And I said a minute ago that you wouldn't go to the ball game and sit there and say, why is this so loud at the ball game? Because you understand the purpose and nature of a ball game. But, but for some reason or another, we got a lot of questions regarding uh, sinners in the house of God. And I think that's because we don't understand the purpose and the mission of God and his church. I don't know. 
tell you the truth about those set apart by God. Uh, uh, set apart by God as his church. One of the first ones that was set apart by God for the purposes of, again, recreating the human race and bringing redemption to the whole earth. His name is Noah. Noah was set apart by God. And Noah was used by God to do a, a tremendous work. Noah got drunk. That's the Bible. Let me tell you about another guy. His name is David. You might have heard of him. David was set apart by God as king of his people. David was the shepherd boy. You know the story. Out on the fields, the prophet comes to anoint who would be king. And if you would, the most powerful and effective king of all of God's people. And so God sent the prophet, and the prophet went out. He saw all of the, 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 the he saw the sons, and then he goes and he says, man, you're strong, and you're handsome, and you're big, and you look mean, and you look like you can hold down an army. But I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not anointing any of you. You're not the ones that God is setting apart. He said to Jesse, he said, your sons are great. But these aren't the ones, uh, this isn't the one, neither one of these are the ones that I'm looking for. He said, Jesse, do you have any more sons? I heard God, he told me to come to Jesse's house. Jesse said, well, yeah, I got another son, but you don't want him. He said, what you mean? He said, where is he? Bring, him, bring me to him. So Jesse took him to his shepherd boy son, David. David was anointed by God and set apart by God for his purposes. David is set apart by God, called for his purposes to be one of the greatest kings, if not the greatest kings in all of God's people's history. And it was while he was functioning in the role that God set him apart for, he slept with Bathsheba and set her husband up to be murdered. Yes, sir. I'm talking about the truth about those set apart by God as his church. Let me help you out. The church isn't this building we're in right now. The, 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 the church isn't the, the space where we sit and sing. The church is us assembled. The church is the believers. Believers come and gather together in the name of Jesus. Amen. You might have heard it said that I am the church. <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> but no, you're not the church. The church is an assembly. It's the assembly of the saints. So when my, me and my wife get together and we're together and George is with us, except now as those assembled in the name of Jesus, we are the church. So, so, so when I talk about the truth regarding those set apart by God as his church, I'm saying that Noah and King David, when they got around some other believers, they were the church. The church the ones God called to change the world, if you would. And Noah, while doing what God, as a matter of fact, let me, let me help you out. For my, for, for my people who know a little bit about the biblical text, here's what's going on. Noah builds the ark. Noah gets in the ark. Noah goes through the storm. 
he got destroyed. Now, now, now watch this. David, he did what he did with Bathsheba and her husband, not while he was still in the field tending the sheep, getting ready to function in God's call. He did it when he was already king and functioning God's call. Who said they were part to be king? Were the people? It was God. And God says about David that he was a man after his own heart. And he's the one who slept with Bathsheba and got her husband murdered. Well, well, let's keep moving. I got another one for you. This man's name, his name is Peter. Y'all know Peter? The Roman Catholic Church speaks of Peter as the chief apostle. In a very real way, he was one of the chief apostles. Peter was a chief apostle while flirting with racism and as a full-on power. Yeah, that's right, that's Peter. Yep. He was flirting with racism. Y'all remember Galatians? Yep. Paul is talking about his journey to, to the church in Jerusalem and he's going to defend his apostleship and all that. And he gets over there, and when he gets over there, he got to jam his, his partner, Peter, up. Because he says, hey, Peter, what's going on? I see you hanging and eating with the Gentiles, but, but the moment that those, uh, uh, those apostles from Jerusalem come, the moment the Jewish Christians come, all of a sudden you get off the table with the Gentiles, and you act like you don't know them no more. This is Peter. Set apart by God has a vital member of the church. He flirts with racism and he's a full-on coward. They ask him, do you know Jesus? Are you one of his friends? He says no three times. No one was set apart by God and called by God to join him in the redemption of all things, wow. and he got drunk. David was set apart by God when he committed murder and adultery with Bathsheba. Peter was the chief apostle while flirting with racism. I don't even like saying that. I don't want to believe he's saved for that. Now, 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 you say, okay, well, those are a couple of individuals, but, you know, the church should be different, though. I'm going to read your mind. Let me read your mind for a second. That's right. You're sitting there right now and you say, well, well, of course, of course, duh. All right, of course, Pastor. We know we got issues and we sin sometimes. We get it, but the church should be different, though. See, I'm messy, but when I get to church, I should be straight. Church. Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
me tell you a little bit about the Corinthian church now. The Corinthian church was what I like to call a whole mess. That's what I like to call it. It was a whole mess. There's about 15 different messy points that I could tell you about the Corinthian church. But I'm only going to tell you a couple of them. Paul addresses it in 1 Corinthians. The Corinthian church was prejudiced. It was divisive. They didn't know if they wanted to follow Paul or Apollos. It was, it was not only prejudice and divisive, but there was incest going on in that church. Hey, watch this. It's a, it's a, they are whole mess. But watch this. Paul says it was a whole church. Wow. Yeah, I know. They were a whole mess. And yet Paul called them brothers. He admonished them as saints even though they are messy. And in that church, they had prejudice going on. Divisiveness going on. There was incest going on. It was prostitution going on. It was, we're not going to get down even though we married going on. I don't say that one. It was, it was, it was divorce going on in that church. It was unequal yoking ministry going on in that church. There was disorderly worship going on in that church. There was some using tongues to get the most shine going on in that church. There was inequality in the common meal going on in that church. They had denials and doubts about the resurrection of Jesus and Christians going on in that church. It was money problems going on in that church, etc., etc. Yeah. This is the real for real regarding those set apart by God as his church. Noah, set apart by God, functioning in his store, drunk. David, set apart by God, functioning in his core, adulterous and murderous. Peter, functioning in his core, as the chief apostle of the church, floating with racism. Mm -hmm. The Corinthian church, a whole church, yet a whole mess. Yes. Want to know the truth? Regarding those set apart by God, as his church, <laughs> at best, we're not a gathering of the well, but rather a gathering of the sick but saved, mysteriously used by God to bring help to our sick and dying world. Let me, let me, let me help you out if you didn't know. This is the truth of the church. The truth of the church is that some drug dealers trying to be saved in the church. Who like getting money fast, but love Jesus and are trying to figure it out. Oh my God. 
who again don't feel like there's any other way for them to get some money. And so they still dancing. But they love Jesus more than they like the money. Yet they're trying to figure it out the best they can. Want to know about the truth about those set apart by God as his church? The truth about those set apart by God as his church is that we've got every problem the world has. So we have the problems, every problem the world has. Yet we've been saved by the work of another. The truth about those set apart, set apart by God as his church is this. That those set apart by God as his church have not been set apart by God to be part of his church based on their goodness, but rather based on his goodness. This is the truth about those set apart by God as his church. I don't understand. We don't go to a UFC fight talking about this is too violent. Why, when we come when it comes to the church, we come talking about why is there sinners doing ministry? Come on, man. Okay. 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 This is the truth about those set apart by God as his church. It's always been a conglomeration of sinners wow. saved by grace.
day, I'm going to bring all my disciples with me. And, and guess what? We're not going to take over your party and give you the rules for your party. We're just going to come to your party. And you do what you do. We're going to come. We're not going to get crazy like that because we don't get down like that. Nevertheless, if we get on that space table, I'm going to show you something. Somebody know what I'm talking about. He got right there. With him. So much so. Watch this. That they confused Jesus the Christ for a jumper. Wow. Now let me help you out. If he was a weirdo at a party, y'all not hearing me. Okay. If he was a weirdo at a party, nobody would have confused him for a jumper. Right. If he was a weirdo sitting in the corner not engaging with nobody at the party, nobody would have had any questions. The reason why there were questions was because Jesus engaged so deeply in love. What am I saying? What's the point of this? Is I'm like, am I telling you just, you know, we just we don't have a messy church and everything goes except no. But I'm trying to tell you the truth regarding those set apart by God as his church. The truth about those set apart by God as his church is that it's always been people struggling and sick in need of a physician. Jesus says specifically here in Luke chapter 5, 27 through 31, that the, the, the well are those in need of a physician, but it's the sick who are in need of a physician. In other words, Jesus is saying, man, listen, I have not come to, to rescue those that are all right. Those that are alright, they don't need my rescue. Who I've come for is the sick. Now let me help you out a little bit more. Ain't nobody in this broken world, alright? Everybody in this broken world is sick. Jesus was just speaking to them where they were. The Pharisees and the scribes, they thought they had it together and they thought they were alright. So Jesus says to them, listen. I've come for those who are not well, and in doing so, he is convicting them and helping them to understand, you missed it. Yeah. You missed it. Yeah. In church, if we're going to be a church, then that, that, that strive to glorify God as best as we can. And if we're going to be a church who continues to pursue excellence and effectiveness and who continues to strive to, 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 to reach people for God and, and to change this city, then, then church, what we need to do is we need to throw some of the weight off of the boat.
Paul the Apostle, as he speaks of the apostles that God called to establish the church, is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, if you need the reference. He says to the apostles, or to the Corinthian church about the apostles, he says, hey, when you think about the leaders of the church, and when you think about those set apart by God as the church, remember this, he tells them. You know, your Bible, you can, you, can, you can be my witness and say amen. He says, not many of us will know the birth. Is that the Bible? Yeah. yeah. He, 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 says, he says, listen, not, not many of us have come from, from like strong families. Not many of us were wise according to the world. But, but God chose the foolish things of this world and found the wisdom of the wise. He chose the weak things to confuse the strong. What does that mean? Jesus has come for those who have come to an understanding that on their own and in their own power they cannot save themselves. But indeed they need a savior. Hey listen, if you got it all together, if, you, if you're good and you are right, you don't need a savior. The only people who need a savior are people who recognize the extent of their brokenness. Hallelujah. It bothers me. Over the years, I've heard it a million times. Now working at the prison, uh, I hear it all, every day. And it, and it bothers me. It irks me. How, how many people are come to me and say, yo, chap, you know, I, I would like to come to the chapel or whatever, but I ain't coming in there because I don't want to throw. Wow. <laughs> I'm just not ready. Wow. You know, I, I can't. Now, listen, my grandma used to take me to church. My mama used to talk to me about the Bible. And listen, I know about that stuff, man. I know about the holiness that God calls us to. I know about the standard he's calling to, calling us to. Therefore, I'm not going to do like them other dudes that be in there with you, child. Wow. That's what they tell you. <laughs> See, he said, no, they be in there with you, but they ain't here in prison with me.
and they reach out to me at all type of hours. And they reach out to me sometimes crying about how, how much they're struggling with a particular sin and how much they just, you know, I'm just so tired of this man and I just want to make God happy. I got it uh, last night or the night before again. I'm just tired of this and, and man, I know God is, he, he, there's no way that he can be okay with me and there's no way that I can be pleasing him when I keep struggling with this sin. Wow. I get those kind of messages all the time. And I say the same thing to them every single time. I say, it's because of the depth of your brokenness. It is the depth of your brokenness that, 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 that moved God to pay the price that he paid. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. If you were just a little broken, if we were just a little broken, if this world was just a little broken, a little broken and needing of some duct tape ministry, <laughs> we would have gotten a duct tape salvation. Y'all right. know what I'm talking about? Y'all yeah. 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 not from the hood. <laughs> <laughs> duct tape ministry. Yep. Some growth, duct tape. Y'all listen. <laughs> if the extent of our brokenness was something to be fixed with duct tape, then we would have gotten duct tape salvation. Some light. Mm -hmm. That ain't the truth, though. Mm -hmm. I know that the depth of our brokenness goes far beyond what we understand because when I look at the cross and I think about the way Jesus suffered, because when I look at the cross and consider his face deformed, because when I can see it, consider the, 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 the Villa Dolorosa. And I consider the path of suffering. Yes. I, I understand the depths of our brokenness because as I look to the ministry and then the persecution of Jesus, I recognize that if we was just broken in some light, all of this would not have been required. But the reality that Jesus suffered whippings, and the reality that he suffered mocking, and the reality that he suffered crucifixion, well, let, let me help you out a little better. The reality that the good God of heaven would have to scoop down and make himself vulnerable to the point of death, even death on the cross, mm. it convinces me. I'm not just a little broken. Needing a little medication to get up and get at it again. But that my sin runs much deeper than what my eyes can see. Wow. Yes. And that because of that, it's nothing I can do to earn my salvation. There's nothing I can do to earn God's favor. That there's nothing I can do to make God smile. We blow the standard on God. We think that with our song and dance, we make God smile. We, we, we think that with our low prayers, we can make God smile. We, we think that because we do a 21-day fast, we can make God smile. Can I tell you the truth about those set apart by God as his church? None of us have made God smile. Come on now. Only one. 
are accepted into God's loving arms and we are only embraced by God, our Father, not based on anything that we have done or do, but based on the finished, perfect, excellent yeah, work of Christ yeah, Jesus yeah. on the cross and in his resurrection. Only way we make God smile is by believing on Jesus. And even then, we don't make God smile because we believe in Jesus. It's not our faith that saves us, but instead it is the object of our faith that saves yes. us. We're not saved because we have faith. Our faith wanes. One day it's strong, the next day it's weak. We're not saved by our faith. We're saved by Him in whom we place our faith. We place our faith in the perfect one, Jesus, the Christ. Let me wrap this thing up. Luke chapter 5, verses 27 and 31 teaches us for whom Christ came and who he used as those with whom he is changing the world. It ain't the healthy, but it's the sick. That said, don't you dare condemn my brethren for being rough around the edges and not as good at church as you. According to Luke chapter 5, verses 27 through 31, it is specifically for them, for us, that Christ is God. Family, what qualifies us to be part of the church in which God bestows his blessing and by which he mysteriously brings health to, to our sick and dying world? What qualifies us to be members and to be a part of the church by which God is bringing redemption to everyone and everything? What qualifies us to be a part of the agency that God is using to, to restore these broken streets. It's not our Sunday's best. But instead, it's heaven's best. Namely, the grace of God embodied in the person of Christ who laid his innocent self down for we guilty and undeserving sinners. Is the way I would pray that you would respond to this sermon today. The way I pray that you would respond to this sermon today is by setting your excuses to the side. It's by setting your justifications for stalling aside and instead bowing your knees to King Jesus. Just as I am, and just as we are, he receives us in all of your brokenness and with all of your mess. You don't have to hide no more. You can take off your mask now. You can take it off. It's all right. You can let go of those guards now. It's okay. You can put down the front. 
ones whom God has sent his son to lay down on the cross and die for are the same ones who caused them to lay on that cross and die. Jesus died for the same sinners that he was dying for. I don't know if you heard it. He died for the same sinners for which he received lashes. He died for the same sinners for which nails were driven through his hands and feet. He died for people just like you and me. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this sermon and interested in joining us as we continue pounding the concrete for the glory of God and the good of neighbor, you can give at www.cruciformchurch.org forward slash giving. Only together through Christ can we fix the cracks in the concrete. Salute.